to Empowerment and All That podcast, your favorite podcast for women's empowerment hosted by Rita Bautista. It's time to be reminded of the authority of your inner goddess and elevate the power within. Are you ready? Okay, guys, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Empowerment and All That, your favorite podcast for the best female empowerment stories. If you haven't had a chance to do so yet, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast and share it with anyone who would benefit from hearing stories from some very inspiring women. For today's episode, I'm joined by Tanya Schrobilgen, and she'll be talking five tips for female solo travelers. Tanya is a PA with a doctorate from Southern California who was born to a Filipino mother and a father from Minnesota. She earned her doctorate in medical science and has been practicing as a PA in an emergency department for over six years. She's an associate director for the Emergency Medicine PA Fellowship at Arrowhead Regional Medical Center, where she trains PAs to specialize in emergency medicine. She also teaches at at local PA schools to give back to the PA education. But in between all of her leadership roles, she's extremely happy to say that she travels the world almost on a monthly basis. She's an expert at traveling on a whim and making most of her short seven to 14 day trips. Her favorite trips include adrenaline provoking activities like diving with sharks, jumping out of planes, volcano boarding, and camping in the Amazon jungle. Tanya, thank you so much for joining me today on Empowerment and All That. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk about this stuff. Well, I have to tell you, from following you on Instagram, I was like, I feel like I'm actually on all the trips that you go on regularly. You have a good way of putting yourself in the moment, but also allowing for your viewer to be part of the moment with you. So, so yeah, I'm like, I want to be there whenever I see your photos go up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I I love sharing all my trips and stories with everyone. So it's kind of a passion of mine. So that's awesome. Well, I don't know if I told you, but I actually, a friend of mine had recommended your page to me because I'm in a very, very amateur at traveling right now. I love traveling, but one of the things that I haven't done yet is solo traveling. And I'm extremely excited to have you because I feel like the women who listen to this podcast can obviously learn so much from somebody who does this regularly. Yeah, I agree. Actually, you know, solo traveling is like one of the most liberating things I've ever done. So I definitely promote that. You know, I tell people Mm -hmm. everywhere I go that this is something they have to do at least once in their lifetime. So before we get started into your present day, so tell me a little bit about your background, like your upbringing, how everything was when you were growing up, just to see how you became this like amazing adventurer. Actually, when I was growing up, I was pretty shy. Mm. I grew up in a half Filipino, half white house, you know, Mm. so education driven. So, so who exactly inspired you to be a PA? How did you find out about the field? So I met this PA So I went through school and in my senior year, I was such a nerd because I basically had no, uh, I took all my classes throughout the summer and I never missed a day in school. I got straight A's. I was like super nerd. And my senior year, the only class I had was like health academy class. And through that, I got a summer job, an internship, orthopedic PA, and he basically inspired me got paid to go to the gym because he was on call 
and he went to the OR, went to the ER, and he just had this like awesome lifestyle. And I wanted to follow in his footsteps. I actually interviewed him and then mm -hmm. basically followed in his footsteps. I went through the same school that he went to and became a PA myself. So what would you say empowers you today? Well, that's kind of a loaded question. I think <laughs> the biggest thing is that I'm pretty self-driven and self-reliant. What I mean is that like uh, when I have a goal, I reach it. I don't let excuses get in the way. But really, I have a full-time career and I actually work a lot of hours. Like last month, I worked over 200 hours. It was insane. Wow. Very worth it in the mm -hmm. end. Just have this freedom, not need any financial support, you know, mm -hmm. just relying on myself. So, and then working in the ER because it's open 24 seven, I have a pretty flexible schedule. So I think having an education and having a good career has empowered me to do what I want when I want, you know, and just live the lifestyle that I want. Yeah. Basically. So how old were you when you went on your first trip by yourself? Actually, I probably did that maybe three years ago. And, you know, honestly, that wasn't on purpose. I, mm -hmm. <laughs> the funny thing is, like, I was kind of forced on this one by myself because I had uh, some of my friends had planned to go to Amsterdam with me and mm -hmm. they ended up canceling on me. But I already had booked my flight. So I was like, well, I'm not gonna not go, right? I mm -hmm. and I was like pretty freaked out about it. So what I ended up doing was looking up things to do. It was only five days that I had to be there. So I looked up things to do and I went there and you know, honestly, that was the best experience ever. I am actually really thankful that they canceled on me. So do you still keep in touch with a lot of the people that you meet while you're traveling? Yeah, actually, I do. And I, it's actually harder to um, say goodbye to these people. When you go with your friend some, someplace, you know that you're going to come back to the States with them. So then you're going to see them again. So it's not so sad, right? But mm -hmm. when you go somewhere and you meet people, and it's crazy the amount of human connection you get with these people in such a short time. I've actually cried a couple of times because of this, just going to the airport after spending seven days with these random people that I just met. But mm -hmm. I do try to keep in contact with them. Everyone uses WhatsApp and social media, thankfully keeps people connected. I try to meet up with them again. Some of them I get to, you know, I've gone to like London with one of my friends from Amsterdam that I met mm -hmm. on that trip. I met someone in Bali who I am very close friends with in Amsterdam also. And, you know, I keep in, I try to see them again. Do you think that the people that you connect with along the way in your travels, do you think that you guys kind of share like a, it's like almost like a kindred spirit. Maybe you guys are like twins from another lifetime or something because you guys both are like traveling the same way or, you know, what, what characteristics do you guys share? <laughs> That's funny. I never thought of it like that. I think, you know, it, it's not necessarily that we are like kindred spirits, but the, mm -hmm. but it's more like, you know, we all come from different paths of life and we mm -hmm. different countries and we just happen to meet because we all have the same goals. We have that the traveling thing in common. So mm -hmm. it's super cool. Like you can connect with anybody that you meet when you travel. What has been the most exciting thing that you've done while you've been traveling? Ooh, that's hard. <laughs> um, everything. I don't know. My travels have all been pretty epic. I think 
the most exciting things in general are the stuff that I didn't expect. Like, I don't know. This is why I don't plan. I'm in a horrible planner to begin with. But um, <laughs> Me too. Don't, don't worry. Plan- yeah. <laughs> I'm terrible <laughs> at it. I don't it. like to plan things out because like my favorite parts of trips are the ones that I didn't expect to happen, you know, and a lot of it you don't truly expect, expect, you know, I don't plan out everything. I don't really even have an itinerary when I go places. Yeah. It's just those things that you didn't expect. For instance, I was in Italy and we went to see the Leaning Tower of Pisa. I took a trip there with my friends and took the pictures with the Leaning Tower, the classic pictures. And as we're leaving, we saw that a lot of people were putting up flyers and we're like, what are they doing um somebody asked and so one of us went and asked and they're like oh no you shouldn't leave tonight tonight is luminara it's a big festival a lot of people come and so we had only booked a a hotel night in venice Mm -hmm. because that's where we're going next but we canceled it because we stayed for this festival and it was freaking amazing one of the best festivals i've ever been to like the entire city parties they basically lit up the entire like all the buildings facing this river with like candles Mm -hmm. and then throughout the entire river they had fireworks they had a bunch of djs and in the middle of the streets people partying in and out of bars it was just crazy and if you ask anybody who's ever been to pisa like if there's anything to do there's not much except for when we were there we just happened to come across this amazing event and Man, I just will never forget that. <laughs> so do you think it gives you, without planning, it gives you the opportunity to really see life like a local versus going to every tourist thing planned out? You know, it's kind of hard because to really live like a local, you'll want to be there for a longer time. So, and I don't, personally, I don't get that much time. I work in the ER. Mm-hmm. I, I have to work my 12 to 14 shifts a month, but then I get like, a week or two off. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be able to fit like a whole country in that time frame or get the most out of it. Some people, you know, they get to travel for months at a time. And so they get, they get more time there and they get to live like a local. I would say that that's really mm-hmm. the only way to get a feel of that. Or if you go back to the place a second time, you can really do that. The advantage of not planning everything is not canceling everything. I was literally, Mm -hmm. literally just this year, I flew to Australia for New Year's. I met like three people. I only booked a one-way flight because I didn't know when I wanted to come back. And I know, it's ballsy. And then um, I booked three days at a hostel. That's literally how I travel every time. Mm -hmm. And I stayed at the hostel and I met like three other people. They're all from different countries. And the four of us just clicked. We just happened to get along for those three nights. It was amazing. And one of them had booked everything. He booked his bus ticket up the coast. He booked a tour to Sundays. Um, he booked his flight to Bali. So he had an itinerary he had to stay on. But you know what? He like loved us so much and we kind of convinced him. He ended up canceling all of that. And, you know, some of it he got refunded, but sometimes you don't get refunded on those things. Yeah, that that's it. Like, you know, if you book everything ahead, you might have to stray away from your plans or, you know, cancel things. That's why I just don't 
plan that far ahead because you never know what's going to happen, especially when you travel alone. Like you can get into a group or meet a group of people and they want to do something else and something that maybe you didn't even know existed. And so you join their group and it's just an amazing time. So I try not to plan too far ahead. Wow. So all right, let's demystify the hostel, right? Because <laughs> most people have seen that movie. I know, and, I know. <laughs> and it's like scares every American traveler to ever stay at a hostel. But you know, it's interesting so that you bring that up. Like my mother travels a lot to Central America now that she's retired and she talks about like hostel living and she's like, it's great. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, but, awesome. but yeah, so what can you tell us about hostels? I mean, is it like clean? Is it sanitary? Do you get your own bathroom? Like, what are your experiences with that? Okay, so hostels. This is actually my favorite place to go, you know. Um, yes, mm-hmm. I like those luxurious hotels and stuff. But honestly, how if you're in a country for such a short time and you're actually trying to see the country and not just do a resort stay, then you really need to be in hostels because they're so cheap. They can... So hostels are so variable. You actually have to look at the ratings on hostelworld.com because you can get really crappy hostels and you can get really luxurious hostels that are questionable, like borderline hotels. It just depends on where you're at. So basically like, and they can range from anywhere from like a couple dollars a night to a hundred or so a night. So it just depends. Some of them are clean and have a bunch of amenities like a hotel except it's kind of a dorm room others don't have just have the bare minimum you know you got a bed and you got four walls you know so that's just something to keep in mind you have to read the reviews i generally won't stay in anything less than it's it's on a zero to ten grading scale and i won't stay in anything less than eight but i generally look for like the higher rating ones because they have everything they're not dangerous here with a bunch of travelers it's all like-minded people they want to do the things and actually if you have like if you want to know what to do in the city that's the best place to go to it's not like a hotel i mean a hotel sometimes they can give you ideas but they try to get you tours whereas a hostel like you can meet people and they'll tell you where they've been so it's not that scary and it's a lot more fun and especially if you're going by yourself it's cheap it makes traveling much more affordable and that's a great way to meet people they actually have like tons sorry i can go on and on about hostels no i'm i'm glad yeah no absolutely (laughs) i'm like yes this sounds amazing i would love to pay super cheap prices for somewhere that i feel safe right 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 and meet great people yeah so they have so say you're shy this is your first time traveling somewhere by yourself and you book a hostel well they have these icebreaker type activities like If you stay there for a couple of days, they have like these tours that you can go on with the hostel group. Seeing some people get their stuff stolen because they left their door open and their stuff out, you know, like in their own private room. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you just can't be careless about that stuff. If you have valuables, then make sure that that's locked up. So you mentioned having to lock your stuff up. So Mm -hmm. does that mean that you have to be like a super light packer? Because I can't imagine just like going to these places randomly and having 14 bags with me, each one for a pair of shoes. Oh my gosh. So no, if you're trying to see the country and you're going to be traveling a bunch between cities, packing light is essential because um, especially in hostels, you don't want to bring like four suitcases. You want like two small bags. And honestly, I've gotten this down to a T. Like, I, I'm a pretty professional packer by now. I literally 
can travel. I went to Australia for 19 days and I had two carry-ons. Like I made it through wow. with two carry-ons, which sounds crazy <laughs> to any other female out there, I'm sure. But really, you got to learn to pack your necessities. It, this takes some practice because I can say that I overpacked in the beginning. But over time, you know, my packing has invo- evolved. I get a general idea of what the country looks like, the weather. I kind of look into that. And then I pack accordingly into that. So I try to stay in warmer places. So that mm-hmm. way I can carry like smaller items. But basically, like if you're going to travel from place to place, you want like two small bags. Yeah, you don't need a lot of people end up carrying all the extra stuff like, oh, what if I need this? Like, what if I need that? Like if you bring a bunch of just in case or what if items like you're you're going to overpack and your goal essentially should be to pack what you're going to use. So just, you know, if, if there's stuff in my bag, I feel at the end of my trip that I didn't use, I'm like, oh man, I overpacked. Like, but now I've gotten it down to where it's only maybe two items. It's not too much anymore. So that's good. But that's, that's essentially your goal. You don't want to pack too much. Wow. That's a good idea. I'm, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out exactly what my essentials would be. And I'm like two bags. Okay. <laughs> I know. You know, it's like those extra pair of heels, but the, the best thing to do is like, get stuff that's more versatile. Like if you have a pair of sandals that matches multiple outfits, you know, or I I don't know if you've seen this on Instagram, but there's a lot of travelers that will be in these nice dresses and then they'll have a pair of white tennis shoes because I mean, when you travel, you're going to walk a lot. So they're in comfy shoes, but they have these really pretty dresses or they take their pictures barefoot because they take off the shoes for the picture. <laughs> yeah, that's just like a little trick. You now know? That, yeah, I was going to say, now that you mention it, I do. It does, it does yeah. strike a memory or two of seeing like different people in tennis shoes or barefoot right, in their exactly. travel pics. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm such a heel girl, though, but I guess I would have to figure out what really <laughs> awesome tennis shoes I can find. <laughs> yeah, it just depends on your location, of course, you know. But most places I I found that require a lot of walking. And personally, I don't wear heels very often. So I don't know, that would do a number on my feet. But uh, some people are able to walk in heels for hours and hours. So it just totally depends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for work, I have to walk in heels. So (laughs) (laughs) I think I kind of get used to my feet. My feet don't have feeling anymore. But it definitely, (laughs) I mean, if I'm walking down an old cobbled cobbled road, I'm pretty sure it's not fun. That's all of Europe right there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to pick up some tennis shoes, maybe a gold pair or something. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's the way to go. So I, one of the things I thought was really interesting when reading through some of these tips that you sent me was that you, when you were bartending mm-hmm. to stop making excuses about traveling, you would save your $1 bills and um, stash them away. Yes. So I tend to online shop a lot. I tend to shop period a lot. So I literally mm-hmm. have to hide money from myself because if it's in my line of sight or if I know it's there, I'm going to spend <laughs> it. So I have multiple ways I hide money from myself. One of the things that I did when I bartended for sure was I would just put my $1 bills that I got from tips because usually at the end of the night, like you have a lot of one, but you you change them in with your manager and they'll give you like bigger bills, right? Mm-hmm. And I would keep a majority of whatever ones that I had, whether it be $5, maybe it was like 50 one night, whatever. And I would just stash them away and hide them from myself. Over time, that actually builds up. 
you know, to save money, the thing is, it's like you could put $5 a day uh, away every day and that's going to stack up over time, but you have to do Mm -hmm. it. And most people don't do that part. You know, $5 a day is like really nothing to some people, you know, like they, they spend it on like a coffee or whatever. But really, if you just put that aside, you could save up a bunch of money. Um, another thing that I did was with Venmo was another trick for me was basically I anytime I go out to dinner and actually I still do this now. Anytime I go out to dinner with someone or we go out for drinks, I just put it on my credit card. And then they will Venmo me money, but I just leave it in my Venmo so that I have just money stacked up there. So I never use it. And then it just becomes a savings account for me to uh, use for my travels. Wow, that's such a good trick, tricks in general to <laughs> save extra money. But this is such, I mean, it's so easy for everyone to say, oh, I don't have the money. You're absolutely right. I mean, I'm one of those people too. Like I need to hide everything from myself in order to make sure that I'm not spending. But that those are such awesome ideas. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, traveling is not so expensive. It's just, you know, you do have to save a little bit of money for it. it but, you know, a lot of people say I don't have money, but then they go binge drinking on the weekends or they spend money on, I don't know, more makeup or something else that, you know, that's not really necessary. So if you just put those things aside and actually make traveling a priority, it becomes affordable. Yeah, no, that sounds sounds like such a good trick, though, for sure. And so where do you go to find your like, is it like a last minute getaway? Are you like, on hopper apps? Like, how do you get your notifications for the places that you're going to go next? Are you looking for a good deal? Or, you know, is it just like something pops up and you're like, Oh, I want to go visit there. Like, how do you get your inspiration to go to the next place that you go to? Oh, that's tough. That's so funny. So sometimes I like, I literally open up Google Maps and (laughs) I just look around and see, I don't know what place I haven't been to. If I had a globe, I would bin it and like point in, (laughs) go, you know? It's like coming to America. I know. I know. I don't want to go to Wisconsin, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, um, no, really, I, I think I get a lot of my inspiration from social media like I just go through Instagram follow a bunch of travel things and then when I see things I come across that look awesome I will save it and I'll go through it later and try to go to those places I don't know I don't really go for deals I mm-hmm. guess I don't know I, I just really randomly pick a place and it depends on the amount of time I have off so like for instance in a couple of weeks I'll be going to Mexico and the reason I chose that was because you know, I only have seven days off and I want to make the most of it. So I decided to go there and I'm going to go scuba dive with whale sharks and see the museum in Cancun and all this stuff. So I guess technically like a, a flight to Europe would be okay too, but I just wouldn't go to say like Africa where in seven days, like it takes two days to get there, you know? So mm-hmm. like, I guess that's how I decide. It's like how far I'm willing to go for such a short trip, you know? Yeah. Yeah, wow. for, for deals, I Just... would say if you're looking for flights, because flights are the most expensive part, honestly, I generally will use Skyscanner and then and yeah, Kayak sometimes has it or Google Flights. Like those are my three go to for flights. Okay. Now, I think this is like the most important question, right? Because you are a female. Is it safe? Would you consider saying that this is a very safe hobby that you have? Uh, traveling alone traveling alone yeah so I would say that it's just as safe as you know 
anything else that you're doing alone as a female. And you just got to think of it like this. Like there are thousands and thousands of females who travel alone. A lot of them do it. In, in Europe, it's like it's the norm. But, you know, keep common sense in mind. Like, for instance, you know, you wouldn't walk down the favelas in Brazil with your Rolex watch and your diamond earrings and then, you know, and without a tour guide. You know, because that, that's where you get, you definitely be a target. You know, you don't go mm-hmm. down dark alleys by yourself, you know, and uns- where you feel it's unsafe. You know, th- these are things that I wouldn't do in my own backyard. You know, I, I live in right. Bernardino County. I wouldn't do that here. You know, I, I guess other p- places may be more safer. But yeah, I just got to keep, I don't know, you should be able to sense those things. At least I feel like I do. If it doesn't feel safe, don't do it. You know, I know there's places in Europe where you can walk by yourself as a female, like in very high touristy areas. And really, the only thing you have to worry about is pickpocketers, you know, just can't carry your valuables in your back pocket. But they're otherwise generally safe. Yeah, I I started taking boxing just in case. (laughs) (laughs) just for some self-defense, but I've never really felt like anything I've done was unsafe. So is your mom, like, does your mom freak out about this being like a Filipino mom? Does she ever say, you know, Tanya, you can't do this or, you know, or maybe this isn't a good idea. Or (laughs) was she ever like, can you give me your passport? I'm not about to let you go on this one. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so funny that you asked that. So for the first few years, I had to, I don't want to say I lied to my mom, but I just didn't tell her. <laughs> I just didn't tell her that I was going by myself or with people I didn't know. For instance, like, um, actually, my first time traveling alone, I forgot about this, was in Honduras for a medical mission. But I was meeting oh, wow. people there. Like, I was meeting mm-hmm. a bunch of doctors and and other medical people, EMTs and stuff. We were going on a medical mission as a group, and we've been in contact through. And so my mom asked me, like, who are you going with? I was with people from work. You know, not, they don't work with me directly, but they work at other sites. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. yeah, she, over time, she got used to me just leaving. And for a while, I didn't tell her I'd go by myself. But now she's like, who are you going with? And I'm like, oh, it's just me, you know. And she's like, well, be careful, you know, because I think she's over it now. Yeah, she's like, well, if you've, you've, gone, you've <laughs> done one done. solo trip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, my my mom's actually from Honduras. And like every time I go on a trip in general, even if it's down the corner, she's just like, who are you going with? Like still that overprotective, like, oh, I I need to know where you're going. So now I just kind of like WhatsApp her. But I try not I try my best not to tell her all the all the details. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. I just show her the the nice pictures. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad she didn't oh. see like last month I had all of my stuff stolen my passport included and I'm oh, glad goodness. she didn't see any of that because <laughs> she would have been freaked out so I told so her what when I got you... home <laughs> yeah oh my gosh so so how did you handle that situation I think that's every traveler's like worst nightmare right is like right. getting all of your stuff stolen like how does one so true. go about <laughs> handling that you just have to stay calm and accept things for what it is you know Stuff happens mm-hmm. and freaking out about things does not change anything. The, you know, I think it's helpful that I work in the emergency department because I'm trained to stay calm and keep my composure in someone else's crisis. So I guess when mm-hmm. I have my own crisis, I kind of take a 
logical approach to it. It's like, what do I do next to solve this problem? So Mm -hmm. basically what happened in Amsterdam for me was I just landed from Israel. I was going to visit my friend that I met in Bali and he picks Mm -hmm. me up from the airport and he lives at actually an hour away from Amsterdam. And so we, I wanted to stop by and get food in Amsterdam. So after he picked me up, we parked the car, we went to go eat. And by the time we come back, like his car, like window was smashed in and my luggage was stolen. And that had everything, like everything, my passport, my drone, my laptop, my, my oh everything. Oh my God. So yeah. the windows to his car was tinted and you know, just everything just got stolen. So we had some drinks that night. So I didn't want to go to the police that very second. But the next morning, we went to the police station, filed a report, and then went to the US embassy and had to file for an emergency passport. So I already knew how to do this because I actually this is the second time I thought I lost my passport the first time wow <laughs> I know <laughs> this is why I can't have nice things <laughs> so the first time was in Dubai and I had basically I went to a new year's party and I didn't know if I had to bring my passport at that time to show my age, but I get most countries, you actually don't need your passport anywhere. So you can just right. leave in your hotel or hostel or whatever. So mm-hmm. but anyways, I brought it that time because they told me I would need it. Like one of the locals said I would need it. And so that night, you know, we had we drink and it's a New Year's party. And then I get back to my hotel the next morning and there's like, there's no passport. I'm like looking for it in my purse that I brought and it's not there you know I stayed calm in that time too and I actually didn't end up losing it well I did but it was still at the venue and I went to the event I I, well let me start over so I (laughs) (laughs) I looked up online what to do if you lose your passport in a foreign country so Mm -hmm. I had already researched this and that was several years ago I basically knew that I had to go to the U.S. embassy and all that stuff so yeah so I did that And then thankfully at that time, when I went to the venue that I thought I had lost it, they actually had it there. And there were several other passports that were missing too that other people left. So I guess it was kind Uh of a common thing. What I found out was people don't steal in Dubai. I thought it was because it's a rich country, but they told me, or a rich city, but they told me it's because the consequence is too great. I don't know what that means. (laughs) I don't know what the consequence is. I never really looked it up, but yeah, people don't steal there. Yeah, so I I already knew what to do in Amsterdam because of that situation. Wow. Well, that's good. I I definitely, whenever I go somewhere, the first thing I do is make sure that I know exactly where the U.S. Embassy is. And the second thing I know is where the Honduran Embassy is. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm like, somebody's going to get me home. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Whichever one is closer. But, But yeah, no, that's such a good, great rule of thumb is just like, yeah, just find it. Make sure you know where it is. Yeah. But. Yeah, I've been through everything like um, I've had a lot of I mean, if you travel enough, you know, if you go enough time somewhere or you do enough of something, you're bound to come into problems. Um, It Mm -hmm. doesn't happen often, but it can happen, especially if you go as often as I do. So, well, Tanya, I want to thank you so much for spending time with me today and just giving me these amazing tips for female solo travelers and demystifying the fear behind it and just making it sound like it's so amazing. I'm so ready to book my first flight by myself and should, get out there and should. start exploring. Yeah. Yeah. If you do, so let me if, know how that goes. 
I will. And then I love hearing people's stories. That's what I love about meeting people is just hearing everyone's story and what they did. Awesome. Absolutely. And I might just have to hit you up if I'm in the same place as you. (laughs) Danya, help. I need some help. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. Um, so just so everybody knows, where can they follow you? Where can they keep up with the latest like travel tips? You know, you have a blog. I want them to know how to find you on Instagram so they can see all these amazing photos that you have and just like follow the experiences that you are enjoying throughout life. For sure. My Instagram, I probably post the most stuff on there. It's at epitome underscore of underscore living. So epitome of living. I do have a website also that I post a bunch of travel stuff to. It's epitomeofliving.com. And I am doing a YouTube channel. I'm going to start vlogging all my stuff that give you more uh, visual of my tips and tricks through traveling. So that's up and coming this year. So a lot in store, huh? Yep. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Tanya. You have a great evening and I look forward to following you on Instagram. Thanks. Thanks for having me on your show. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Empowerment and All That podcast with your host, Rita Bautista. Want to help me grow the listener tribe? Make sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Instagram and Facebook under Empowerment and All That. And remember, keep it positive or don't keep it at all.